Today we're going to talk about walking in the Spirit. And you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that look like? So we're going to talk about what that looks like. And so we want to look at some things. And a lot of this came up. I was in a meeting with some pastors. And they're talking about how to deal with uh, conflicts and offenses and failure of people. And as I just listened to the, what they said, I thought about the way I used to handle it was basically the same way they was handling it. And basically, it's kind of to put people on probation for a period of time to see if they can live up to the standard. And basically, a mixture of law. We don't see it. It's, we call it grace, but it's really law. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I finally said something. And, and, uh, but after I got through, I said, I don't expect you to go and tell everybody what I said, and that's the way you ought to do it, because they can't handle what I just told you. And so that's just where it is. And so, you know, one of them is, you know, Matthew 18. If you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. I used to tell people that all the time when they'd come in my counseling. And every time we'd go through the offenses that they had for people, I'd say, now, here we are. If you don't forgive these people, <clears throat> we can't go any further because God won't forgive you. And then when we started fully understanding the exchange and realizing that God didn't do any of it because we did something. He did it all because his son did it for us. And it's not based on what we do. It's based on what he did. And Ephesians 4 said, Be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. God forgave us while we were still in sin. And see, we've read a lot of the old, rather, we've read a lot in the New Testament, but there's a lot in the New Testament that Jesus came, born of woman, born under the law, to preach to them that were under the law. And he didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill its demands. And a lot of time, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you read that. The law says this, but I say this. He even added to the strength of the thing. And when he got through, they were amazed. Like, who then can be saved? The disciples said that many times. But he was setting up something for the new covenant. And you've got to read the whole New Testament in the light of the new covenant. You have to, in the light of Jesus and what he did. And so we begin to see about how do you deal with conflicts. Well, you know, Galatians 6.1 in the Amplified said, If any of you sin, now it's still possible for you to sin. If any of you sin, and he said, Any of you brethren sin, you which are spiritual, who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, should first set him right, restore them, and reinstate them, considering yourself lest you also in meekness, lest you also be tempted. And so the, the job we have is restoration, not probation. Let me say that again. The job we have is restoration, not probation. Because a lot of people that go on probation never make it back. They get lost in the furor there somewhere in the condemnation of the devil. Even when Paul turned this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because he was sleeping with his stepmother... When the guy repented, he said, now I want you to restore this man, lest Satan take advantage of this situation, and he'd be overwhelmed with too much sorrow and grief. He's repented. Bring him back into the fold. And so God's ways are not our ways. You know, in Isaiah 55, it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your, th- your ways. And, and he says, uh, for my thoughts are higher, and my ways are higher than your ways. 
But see, as New Covenant exchange Christians, that's not the case. Because we have the mind of Christ. And if we are risen with Christ, or since we've been risen, whichever one you want to say there, in the Greek it says if, and it says since, set your mind, your thinking on things above, not on things of the earth, for you're dead and your life is hid in Christ, in God. And when God, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him glory. So next verse, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Uncleanness, fornication, all that. You have a responsibility. And if we're going to walk in the Spirit, now listen, 1 John 2, 6 says, He that saith he abide in him, Christ, ought himself also to walk even here as he walked. Let's say that again. If we're in union with him, and we've been raised to the walk in the newness of Christ, and we're going to walk in the Spirit, there's something he says, that we should, if we're going to abide in union with him, we should also walk as he walked. All right? That means something. That means there's going to have to be something come involved in here because Galatians, what is it saying, Galatians 5, 16? Walk in the Spirit. In union with the Spirit, he's come to, to lead and guide us into all truth. He's come to take the things of Christ and to show it to us. And we beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged into the same image, even as by the Holy Spirit. He's here to help us conform to the Son. Romans eight twenty six or 8, 8, something there. It says what? That the Holy Spirit is here to, the, to be that his job is to conform us into the very image of his Son. Not a, a, another image, but the very image of his Son because we are the body of Christ and members one of another. And he said in John 17, by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you what? If you love one another. You know, John told me this morning, I said, what are you learning? He said, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 comes between all the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the manifestations over here in 14, but it tells you in 13 how to operate in all these things. If you don't have love, it's nothing. And you know what? You can't have love until the Holy Ghost comes and sheds abroad the love of God in your hearts. We cannot know agape until we, the Holy Spirit comes and reveals who God really is. God is love. And if he walked in love, we should what? Walk in love. Now, what I'm saying today, do not take this as legalism. I'm telling you, this is, this is something I want us to see is a response that we need to walk with. See, uh, uh, Hebrews 1 says, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not seen. Now catch this. Faith is acting as if it were. Faith is acting as if, just like Marion said, you operate, faith is acting as if it's done. Now, what happens when we hear those words or we say those words, it is without reference to any feelings or thoughts apart from that. It's without reference. It's totally out. Unbelief will call a committee meeting right after you say or feel something with your feelings to see if they approve of what you just said or thought. Let me say that. That's the work of the enemy. Unbelief will call a committee meeting with your feelings to see if this is approved, if this is right. So you act as if before the committee meeting can meet. That's faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. And that word, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. And it says we enter into his rest. Let us labor to enter that rest. That word labor is quickly. 
you quickly enter into the rest he's provided to you, lest you be hard, the unbelief come in. Because unbelief will come in with its, all its facts and its thoughts and your feelings and try to have a committee meeting to destroy your faith. What is the devil after? The trying of your what? Faith is more precious than gold at Paris, though it be tried with fire. A lot of the fire is not holy fire. It's the other kind of fire. Trying to destroy your faith. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So we see it's acting in obedience to what God has said. Well, what if it don't work? Well, what if it do? You know, most of us, if we went by our feelings and what we've seen in the past, we'd never pray for anybody. But we don't pray for people based on our feelings or facts. We, based on, we pray for people based on the truth of what this word says. And we know that by his stripes we were healed. And we know that he took that so we could lay hands on the sick. And he said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You don't have to pray. He said, lay hands on the sick. Just lay hands on everybody. If you can't pray in faith, just lay hands on. Yep. That's what the word said. didn't say you had to pray. It said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And it also says, confess your faults one to another. Oh, you mean we have faults? Occasionally. Give me an amen out there. Occasionally we may have. And pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth what? Much. Proverbs 16, verse 7 and 8 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By what? Mercy and truth. And through, catch this, the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When a man's ways, now this is what I want you to hear. Now I want everybody to hear this. When a man's ways please the Lord, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Luke chapter 4, right after Jesus was 12 years old and he began to grow, it says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. The Holy Spirit didn't come to make us obnoxious to everybody so everybody be mad at us all the time. I remember that verse, when a man's ways pleased the Lord, I was still butchering. And I thought I knew it pretty all. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and all this stuff. And I worked with the Church of Christ lady, and she was just concerned about me. And she would say things to me, and I'd just quote her scripture. I'd just quote her scripture. And one day the Lord said to me, he said, you know, won't you read this? So I read it. He said, when your ways please the Lord, you won't be offending everybody. Okay. Yes, sir. You know, you can have the truth and be wrong. You know, you can tell the truth and be wrong. There's a spirit that comes out with that truth that can offend people. The Holy Spirit has come that we don't do that. You know, in, in Timothy, it says about in, in meekness. And what's the word meekness? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If peradventure, God would grant repentance or forgiveness to that person as they acknowledge the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who have taken them captive at his will. How do you do it? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves so that they will have the opportunity to repent over the truth. God would give them the gift of repentance as they hear the truth. 
Some people can't hear the truth because of the way we say it. It's important that we learn to be led of the Spirit and listen to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Philippians 2.5. Let's look at this. You've got to let this be in you. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. See, I'm talking about something that you don't naturally feel, you don't naturally understand, but you let this mind be in you. You choose to have this mind. We're going to talk about that a little more, but look with me in Philippians 2, just a second. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, though he was God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind be in you. If you be risen with Christ, we have the mind of Christ, don't we? We do. Let this mind be in you. And what is it? It's a servant mind. You know, there he was as God, and he chose to do what he did and to be a servant. He said, I didn't come to minister, to, uh, uh, be ministered to. I came to minister. Let this mind be in you. And you know what? He took upon himself the seed of Abraham and made into likeness. Do you know for eternity he's going to be in that nature, in that body? He's got the scars in his hands to prove it. He didn't get a different body. He chose for eternity to be likened to man. That's incredible. And it says, let this mind be in you that was in him. He made of himself and he... He became obedient, and because he did that, look in verse 9. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. Now, we can be thankful now. Why? Because as he is, so are we now. It's called exchange. He took all that. We was reading Malcolm this morning. It was incredible, wasn't it? When he's talking about Jesus eating with the tax collectors and sinners, and we just don't understand in this culture what, how offensive that was to the Pharisees and scribes to eat with dogs, and some worse than dogs. That was Jews being tax collectors that was worse than Gentiles. There he was eating with them and basically, in essence, saying, I'm here to forgive you of all your sins and everything you've done. And here the law was still well in place, wasn't it, John? Offenses everywhere. But see, he came to do that. And that's why we're here. There's a lot of things that we've been... There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. We've got to separate our thinking sometimes from the religious stuff we've been taught and find out, in light of Christ, how we're to look at that today. And that's being led of the Spirit. Colossians 2.6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk you in him. So what? Walk in him. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. John thirteen fifteen. For I have given you an example that you should do as I do. Okay? We're looking at this. Romans fifteen five. Now the God of patience and consolation grant to you to be like-minded. Let this mind, one towards another, according to Jesus Christ. Think as he thinks. Act as he thinks. And acts. 
2 Corinthians 10.1. Now I, my, says, now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. What was Paul saying? I'm living by the meekness and the gentleness of another. That's what we're called to do. Paul was showing real clear that he was living his life by another. Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you do the same. I remember Amos, it says what? How can two walk together except they be agreed? How can we live in union and think different? You with me? See, we've got to think different. Isaiah 51.9 says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Did the Lord have to put on strength? He's already strength. But it says, put on strength, O Lord. Isaiah 52.1, look. Awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion, with the church. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bands of your neck, O captive daughters of Zion. Why did Jesus come? To set the daughters of Zion free. To shake yourself from dust. Isaiah 65, 25 says, Dust is the serpent's meat. That's his meal. Dust. Shake yourself from that dust. See, there is a putting off and there's a putting on. Nearly every church, Paul says, Put off, therefore. Put on, therefore. All right? What does reckon mean? Reckon yourself to be dead. But don't stop there. Let's reckon ourselves to be alive. See the positive side? We need on a daily basis... To reckon the positive side as he is what? So are we. What does the scripture say? You are an epistle of Christ known and read of all men. What are they seeing? You are an epistle. You may be the only Bible they ever read. What are they seeing? Are you with me? Now, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm telling you, I read the scriptures in light of my own self. This hits me before it hits you. We have a responsibility to live and walk as he walked. Because he said, the only way that people are going to know you're my disciples, if you're different. You know, why is nobody really paying any attention to the church? They're not seeing much. Why did he let the Gentiles come in and cut the Jews off for the period we're in now? To make the Jews jealous. I haven't seen too much from the church to make the Jews jealous. 45,000 different denominations that can't get along with anyone and thinks everybody's right and everybody else is wrong. Would that make you jealous? Not hardly. But see, there's only one body. There's only one church. Where did all that other mess come from? It's not in his heart. Isaiah 59, 17, For the Lord shall put on righteousness. Uh Uh-oh. And as a breastplate, the Lord's going to put on righteousness. Isn't he already righteous, Alan? Well, why is he putting it on? I'm showing you an example here of why we have to put on some things. He says, put it on. He says, uh, oh, what was it? The Lord shall put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He will put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad in the zeal as a cloak. The Lord put it on. Romans 13, 14, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now, put him on and do not make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 
Paul said, I bring my body under subjection lest I preach to others. I myself should be disqualified. There's a responsibility. It's an action word. Faith is acting as if whatever. See, it's believing what the scriptures say about our identity, who we are. You want to know your identity? Look at Christ. As he is, so are we. His identity is your identity. Union, we're in union. And I assure you, he didn't take our old nature. We took his. He died for our own nature so he could give us his. See, and that's important. The word speaks of actions of faith from the will as putting on behavior as one would put on your clothing. See, we're sitting around waiting, trying to learn to walk in the spirit, but we continue to act like we used to act. See, Scripture's real clear. That thing was buried. We've been raised to walk as he walked. But what does that look like, walking in the Spirit? It means to act as if all these things were true and to walk in them. Put them on every day. Put it on. The Lord put on righteousness. Put on indicates doing of a behavior that reflects who you really are in a new man. Let me say this. Putting on indicates the doing of a behavior that reflects who you really are, your identity in the new man. That's who you are. Hypocrisy is putting on something to impress someone else that's not really who you are. That's a play actor. But when you're putting on, you're not putting on something that's uh, uh, fake. It's real. It's the real deal. Isaiah 61.3 says, put on the garment of praise for what? The spirit of heaviness. Sometimes your feelings don't feel like you want to praise. Sometimes unbelief in your feelings has a committee meeting, and the last thing you want to do is praise the Lord. So you have to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Put it on. Put your tape on. Put your music on and start worshiping. It don't matter how you feel. Don't let unbelief and feelings have a committee meeting to discuss it. Bring into captivity what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm telling you, we need to bring in every doctrine, every thought, and everything we think's right in obedience to the light of what Christ did for us. Amen. In exchange. We've got to put it on. Colossians 3.12, put on therefore. What? Put on as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Put on bowels of mercy. I'm not mer- on, uh, normally merciful or kind or humble or meek. Is anybody? No. You've got to put that on. You've got to put on love because love, the copy, is not natural. It's supernatural. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do you. That's putting it on. That's not waiting for your feelings. Well, if they'll just apologize, here's the steps. I heard this. Well, if they'll just f- repent and ask forgiveness, then we'll start the restoration process. How does that look in the light of what Christ did? Not very good. Looks like a little law and legalism, doesn't it, John? No. God forgave you while you was yet sinner. And even as God forgave you, so you do the same. You don't wait for them to come and repent and ask forgiveness. You forgive them anyhow. I spent too many years on that other side. Help me, Jesus. And I'm still working through a lot of this, just like the rest of you are. 
Colossians 3 says, put off all these. Put it off. Put off what? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Why do you put it off? Because you're seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 14, put on love. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's not a matter how you feel. It's a matter of what this says for you to do. You, by faith, put off one and put on the other. That's learning to walk in the Spirit. It's not uh, goosebumps or feelings. Am I coming across? We wait for feelings, and it, a lot of times your feelings don't come. Amen, oh me. It's oh me with me most of the time. To put on behavior that is fitting expresses who we really are as Christ as we live in union with him. It's not hypocrisy, but it's acts of faith. Joseph put on the clothes fitting for a prime minister, throwing away his prison clothes. He could not have fulfilled his duty as a priest wearing prison clothes. Right? The prodigal son threw away the garments of a far country and put on the best robe because the rags of a far country did not describe who he was truly was as a beloved son of his father. Now, let's go a little further. Both of these men had to get used to wearing clothes fitted for their new position. Let me read it again. Both of these men had to get used to wearing clothes fitted for their new position. We also, as new creatures in Christ, have to adjust to our new position in Christ and to put on in accordance with that new position. And you know what happens when we learn to put it on? Learn to put it on? Eventually, it'll get to where it feels natural. It feels like Jesus said, my burden is easy and it's light. Because as he what? As he is, so are we. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the exchanging of your mind. You know, we're talking about Smith Wigglesworth. You know, Smith Wigglesworth couldn't read. His wife taught him to read the Bible. And his testimony was he had never allowed a single book or a newspaper in his house. Never. He only read the Bible. He never read anything but the Bible. Why is that? Because he could never read till he learned to read the Bible. And he knew something. He didn't allow the things of the world to come into his house. Now, we won't go no further there. But if you be risen with Christ, what? Set your thinking on things above, not on things of the earth. Do not be conformed to this world, but be you exchanged by the renewing of your mind. Now, you don't have to go to extremes on that, but I'm just telling you, he wouldn't allow, he didn't get his news from the newspaper, he got it from the Bible. Walsh reminded me this morning that Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm so close in union with the Father and the Son, I hardly know I have a body. I got a ways to go. I don't know about you. My body screams at me all the time. (laughs) Give me an amen. Amen. So it makes a difference to, to not allow your mind to be conformed to what's going on around you. Just exchange it. getting quiet now 
Clothes don't come to us. We go to the closet and choose them. Choices. Clothes don't just come and jump on you. We go to the closet and choose the clothes we want to wear. We got to put on your beautiful. What, what does Ephesians talk about? Put on, put on, put on. The garment of salvation, the helmet, put it on. What does that mean? It means put it on. Doesn't mean somebody else going to put it on for you. It means put it on. It's been provided for you, so put it on. Is that right? Faith acts out the truth of who he is and who we are in him. Zechariah 3.3 3 says, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he said and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away his filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with a change of raiment. What do we call that? Exchange. We've been clothed with the robe of righteousness. We've had exchange. We've been given the best robe the Father has. So we need to wear that robe. Let's put it on. Don't let the enemy put it on. Psalms 109, 17 through 19. Talking about this, it says, Yes, this man loved cursing, and it came back upon him. He delighted not in blessing, and it was far from him. He clothed himself also with cursing, as with a garment. And it seeped into his inward life like water, and like the oil into his bones. Let it be to him as the raiment with which he covers himself, and as the garment which he girdles, which is girded continually. Is that what we want? What does Ephesians say? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Well, you may can say things, and it doesn't grieve your Holy Spirit, but there's people around you when you say things you shouldn't say that it does grieve their Holy Spirit. They don't want to listen to it. So you need to be more aware. Read Romans 14 on how we should act with each other and how we should live around each other. You know, a lot of times when he says, says one to another. See, we're not our own. We don't have a right to offend each part of the member just because we want to do that. I didn't expect you to holler me down there. But see, we have a responsibility to each other in the body of Christ if we want to live in, in harmony with it. As much as lives be at peace, be at peace with one another. I didn't like this particularly either when I got this message. But it's not about what we like. Ephesians 4.22, I just quoted that. Put off concerning, concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed or exchanged in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians 5, 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God, imitators. What does that say? What is an imitator? You walk as he walked. You look as he looked. See, the enemy's tried to convince you that's, a, that's being a hypocritical. I don't feel that, so how can I do that? Well, because you're believing a lie. Because what you're feeling and what you're saying is not the truth. The truth is what the scripture says you are and whose you are. And who you are. That's who you're to follow. That's what you're to imitate. Didn't Paul say, be your imitators as Christ? Follow me as I follow him? See, a lot of this walking in the spirit is, is walking in obedience to what the word says, apart from your unbelief and your feelings. 
if we're ever going to go further than we've been, we've got to go deeper and allow the Holy Spirit to take us into a deeper level of the walk with, us, with Him. Oh, we can get to heaven without that. But how many of you just want to get to heaven? I, I don't believe you'd be here today if you didn't want to just get to heaven. You have plenty of options. We want to make a difference while we're here. Page 3. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth's going to speak. You got two hearts. You got an evil heart of unbelief, Hebrews chapter 3, or you got a new heart that he's given you, and it's a heart of love. So let your mouth tie into your heart. Okay, here we go. You got something? No. Scripture says if somebody else says something, come let them say it, and then I go on. Know what it says, 1 Corinthians 14? Okay, so if one of y'all want to get up and something, you're free to do that. And I'll continue when you get through. As long as you don't preach too long. Well, um... I just, I just uh, wanted to say this because this is. Uh, I got up this morning getting ready, and I, I usually always teach the kids like I've told y'all before, a little something when going to church. And I asked God. I said this morning, I said, "What do you want me to talk to him about?" And this, I never look at Dorman's notes. Hardly ever does Dorman tell me what he's going to preach on. This is what the Lord said to me this morning. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. He started off this morning with that. I did not know what he was going to preach on. But this is what I taught the kids in the car. Brayden said, it's hard to forgive sometimes when they're mean. And I said, I know. I know. I've been there. It's hard. But do you know, what was it I told you? Kellen, be kind, loving, tenderhearted. Because, see, our own nature, we want, we're, Hateful, you know. We're uh, the old nature is anger a lot of the times. Somebody turns against you or says anything or does any little thing, you know, it slash out. I'm going to protect myself, you know, the self thing. But right before that, it says, "Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away." You have to put it away. And, and let all these other things come to you. You know, uh, you put on the clothing that Jesus has paid for, that garment that he's already gave us. And and I tell you, I, I, I think God is speaking this because he told me this this morning to teach the kids this in the car. You know, uh, little kids, we uh, they get mad too. 
they throw their little temper tantrums and they get mad. And they need to learn to forgive now at this tender age. They need to learn to forgive. I tell you what, you it's easier to learn when you're younger kids than when you get older. Yeah. So learn it now because you've got to know how. Say it's not right to, to carry that burden. You've got to give it. Let God take it because he wants to give, take it away from you. And his burden is light. Yes. Gail and I was talking this week and she's talking about how she learned to be content. I wish it was a gift. But it's not. Paul said, I've learned to be content through what I've suffered, what I've gone through. And even with Christ, it says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to them that obey him. What does that word obey mean? It means to listen, to diligently listen to what he says. Be ye therefore followers or imitators of God as Jill. Now, see that word be means you have a responsibility there. Put it on. Put it on. And he says, and walk in love even as Christ loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling Savior. This is not the old flesh trying to be like God, but, dear, but as his dear children. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember Malcolm Smith in that other book we read of his. He was talking about flying into this tribal village and this missionary and all the people met him at the plane as he was coming in they had a whole line of them there and they had sent them barrels of clothes and he says right at the end behind the missionary that was shaking his hand there was a chimpanzee that had a suit and tie on and was standing in line when he come down and put out his hand just like everybody else did and he said as we started walking back towards the village the the pastor was walking like this, and the chimpanzee had his hand behind his back walking just like the pastor. Come on now. You know, if a chimpanzee can learn to walk like others and act and look, so can we. They were all laughing about the way he acted. Well, he was trained to act that way. What is the word Trained mean having your senses trained, exercise, gymnosis the word, gymnasium. Christian knows about exercise. Having your senses exercised, we put it on. We put it on. Paul wouldn't have said, Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us and we are in union with him. And this is the true reality. That is who we are. When your lust or the disease condition of your old souls gets activated, and most of a lot of times it does, that's the time to be still. Stop everything and know who you are. Be still and know that I'm God. Just pause for a moment and, and, and ponder on the fact that that's not who you are. That's who you were. You don't have to go there anymore. Recognize whose you are and who you are and who is in union with you and let the Holy Spirit help you. Romans 8.13 says, If you live in the flesh, you will die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Who is going to help you put to death the deeds of the body? The Holy Spirit. He's not telling you to do it on your own. He's saying, allow the Holy Spirit to help you mortify the deeds of the body. That's what the Holy Spirit's here for. Good and the bad. He's here to help us. 
James 1, 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Knowing this, you got to know something, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Lacking what? Nothing. In temptation, the Holy Spirit is helping produce the fruit of Christ in our lives. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. What did, what did Paul say? You know, everywhere I went, this thorn in the flesh was, everywhere I went, I had this thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Three times I besought the Lord that he would take this from me. And the Lord just kept telling me, my grace is sufficient. And he learned something. He said, okay. Because God said, what? My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And he said then, did he learn something there? I think he did. So what's the next verse? Most gladly, therefore, will I rejoice in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We do well to learn that. Most gladly will I therefore rejoice in my weakness because when I am weak, I'm living by the strength of another. We are here to live by the life, the strength, the everything of another. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set. See, that's the putting on. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead. Your life is hid in Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him glory. Can you see that he came to give us life? That Zoe life is a creative power of God that has so much life going through it. Why would we not want to live in that place? Thinking those things, the creative power that's going on and what God's doing. That's if you're risen with Christ and we are seated with him where? In heavenly places. Our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are here, but we're not here. We are here to bring the reality of God down here where we live. Right? If that wasn't the case, he'd have took us out and wiped this thing out a long time ago. We are here for a purpose. So what? Glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, you have no life apart from him, appear, you will appear with him in glory. So verse 5, mortify. You and the Holy Spirit mortify your members which are upon the earth. In all our dealings in the word, God has left us with the ability to choose life or death. Choose life that both you and your family may live. Choose life. Every day, choose life. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that, that walking in the spirit may look a little different than we thought it did. But, Lord, we just ask that the Holy Spirit will help us to choose to be who we are and to put on and to put off. And, Lord, give us, we thank you the grace that you've given us to do both in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. amen. I knew this message was coming. <laughs> oh.